Before I get into this, I hate to divert, but the Holy Spirit was really speaking to me through worship, and he really revealed something that just recently happened on our trip. Um, so I want to share it with you before I forget about it, because I don't have a pen to write it down. Um, but this, I can kind of tie it in with this, because it really speaks of the Father's love for us. Um, first of all, really glad to be back. I know the Holy Spirit was with us, but it, there's just something about being here with you guys. I don't know what it is. It's just really cool. Um, but really just really thankful for you, thankful for AJ to fill the pulpit while we were gone, thankful for you guys to do all the work while we bailed on the <laughs> Saturday work day, and it looks awesome out there. Yeah, yeah, it looks really good. Ask for pictures constantly. I was like, I want to see pictures, I want to see pictures. Um, but while we were there, some of you may know what was going on. I didn't realize that I think Tracy had texted somebody in the midst of it, and you guys were praying for us Sunday. Um, but Kylie got sick. We went there. Uh, Jordan had the flu before we left, and so we went to the doctor, and there isn't much they can do, and so we went with Jordan having the flu and running a fever, and we're just like, oh, this is going to be, we're going to all get it. It's inevitable. Um, but we didn't all get it, but Kylie did. Was it Sunday morning that she woke up, 103, 104 fever, burning up? Um, and, you know, as parents, you're kind of panicked because you want to make sure she's okay and everything. And then she starts throwing up, and then you're like, ah, i got to get this, and grab the trash can and running around. And in doing so, all we wanted to do was help her. I mean, that was all our desire. We weren't angry about it or anything. But we were running around like mad trying to figure out what we're going to do because we're out of town. We're at a hotel. We've got, you know, a trash bag or the ice bucket, <laughs> whatever's in the hotel. What do, you know, what's the next step? Do I stay at home? Do you go or do I stay at the hotel? Does Tracy go to the funeral? All these different things. Um, but mainly our main focus, aside from all that stuff, was we need to take care of our kid. We need to take care of our child. We, we want to make sure she's okay. But in doing so, and I think this was revelation to me during worship, she misinterpreted it. And she apologized. She was throwing up, and she, Kylie apologized to us. <laughs> and it broke my heart. I was like, why are you, why are you sorry? This isn't your fault. Um, but somehow she, somehow she mis, uh, mistook, I guess, our rumbling around to try to help her not, you know, just puke everywhere <laughs> um, for, for us being upset with her. But we weren't at all upset with her. But the revelation the Lord gave me during worship was we, we do the same thing with him sometimes, don't we? All he wants to do is love us. All he wants to do is help us in some... Unfortunately, we've misinterpreted that sometimes as anger or, or frustration with us, and I don't think that's what he means. Um, I can't imagine a love bigger than I have for my kids. I mean, I just can't fathom that. But that's how God loves us. And so I just, I really felt him teaching me that kind of in reverse. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, do you see, do you see how much that broke your heart when she thought you were upset with her because she wasn't feeling well or because she had done something wrong? It wasn't even her fault. Anyway, I'll leave you with that. He's a good, he's a good father, and uh, he loves you more than we even love our kids. We're human and, and, and fickle and messed up, and we can still love our kids greatly, and he loves us more than that. So, amen. It's a little tidbit. Whew. Okay, we're done. Let's go home. All right, so what I want to talk about is uh, kind of what I always talk about, which is the good news. <laughs> But there's, there's no plan B. That's kind of what I've titled this. There's, there is no other plan. There's no plan B. There's no other, there's no other thing that's going to work out. There's, there's no plan B. Um, I want to establish one, one simple fact that I talk about all the time. Even hashtag fruit happens. But in John 15, 5, it says, uh, it says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, we think about the vine and we think of something small, but really the vine was really big, like a trunk. So I think more like a tree. 
So he is the trunk. I'll call it the trunk because it visually it works better. It's not a weak little vine. He's, he's solid. So he's the trunk. We're the branches, okay? We abide in the vine. We've been grafted into this vine, into this trunk. And our strength comes from this trunk. Our nourishment comes from this trunk. Everything that we are, apart from him, we can do nothing, right? So keep that image. We're going to go on, and I'm not going to hang out here too long, but I want you to keep that image. We do nothing outside of, of what the, the trunk gives us to do. We simply produce. We don't produce the fruit. He produces. We simply hold the fruit, basically. That's what we do. So the branches, you, just hold the fruit. The tree, Jesus, the Holy Spirit grows it. He's, he's where we get everything. He is the source. This is the source by which everything comes from. This is why we don't add Christianity to our lives. We completely submit our lives to him, and he gives us new life, brand new life, abundant life, better life. So before, before we can see fruit, we have to establish its source, right? Because we all want to do good, I think. I think most of us want to do good. We talked about this a few weeks ago. We're not human doings. We're human beings. We really have a, a being problem, not a doing problem. But even though we are established in a new covenant and we know that we are new beings, we still want to do good, do we not? Uh, uh, pastor Mark, uh, probably a year, year or two ago, mentioned another pastor that talked about a, uh, a guy that came to him that struggled with pornography. And he said, uh, he said okay, here's what I want you to do. Um, uh, is there anybody home right now? No, go home and just watch all the porn you want. Man, porn it up. Just watch it all. And the guy was like, wait, what? No, what? I don't want to do that. And he was like, exactly. You don't want to do that. That's what we're talking about. It's, it's not... It's not behavior modification, it's new life. It's understanding what's happened here. <laughs> I know I sound repetitive, but it's, it's very real. And it's knowing where our source is, and it's not by our own actions and our own inabilities and our own mistakes and our own, even our own accomplishments. Amen. It's not even that. Our source has to be in Him. Yeah. It has to be in Him, period. So the heart, and this is the, 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 the difference between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. The Old Covenant was the letter of the law, and the law seeked and sought obedience. It needed obedience and fairness. I do air quotes. Uh, my daughters do all the time. When they say it in the back seat, they're like, do you know what I'm doing? I'm like, yeah, air quotes, because they'll say fairness. They, like, slow it down. Fairness. Um, you're doing bunny ears, Kylie, I know. Um, and the heart of the Spirit is love and grace. So the heart of the law is obedience and fairness, and the heart of the Spirit is love and grace. Grace, by definition, is unfair. <laughs> By our own understanding of it, it doesn't make sense. We get to reap something that someone else sowed. That throws the whole sowing and reaping thing out, out of the It's like, ah, that doesn't, does not compute. That doesn't fit right. Now, in our, in our kingdom or in our culture, we do things for other people and they do things for us. We trade out. And I don't want to give you too much. I don't want to chase a rabbit. I was, uh, I was talking to somebody this morning saying, I've got so much to say and they all go in different directions. But, but this... this I'll give you this little tidbit. Even in relationships, be careful with that because in relationships you need to freely give love because if you're trying to trade it, you're always going to end up on the bad end of that. Does that make sense? You, you, real, real love is a bit sacrificial, but it's also not expecting anything in return. The cool thing about that is when you get it, it's like a bonus. <laughs> so when you truly care for people, you're not, you're not holding it over their heads. I don't know why I chased that, but whatever, the Holy Spirit gave it to me. I'll take it. Uh, Jesus only did what, he, what the Father, what he saw the Father do. 
This is why the, the fruit is produced by the trunk. We, he was the prototype for us. So he only did what the father did. He, he listened. He listened to what the father was saying. He stared at the father. Occasionally he would go away and just, and just commune and, and seek the father. Not all the time. He got back into to around people and doing things. But he, he wanted to know the father. He wanted to listen to the father. And he paid attention to what he said. So the question I have for you, are you listening? Are you looking for the Holy Spirit? These are things that it's difficult for me sometimes to give you uh, practical things because I don't want to give you just points to go try out and see if they work. But there is good advice that I can give you, and it's don't listen to my advice. <laughs> go to the Holy Spirit and hear what he says. Go to the Word. The Word is not contradictory to the Holy Spirit. There's been some kind of weird separation. We say, well, if, if we're... Like it's some new age thing that we listen to the Holy Spirit and we just ignore God's Word. No, this is, this is Holy Spirit-inspired Word of God. Read your Bible. And I encourage you to read your Bible. But just reading your Bible in and of itself is not going to make you holy. And that sounds kind of crazy coming from a pastor, but I'm just telling you, just, just reading it will not make you holy. You have to receive this Holy Spirit. This is the reality that we are in. There are many people that I've met... <laughs> Unfortunately, that know Scripture very well, and they are mean as snakes. And they do not carry what I know to be the Father's heart. It breaks my heart because it's like, look at all the information that you have. Look at how knowledgeable you are. How do you not see it? This is something he stro- Jesus struggled with the Pharisees. Why don't you all get this? Don't you see? I desire mercy over sacrifice. Meaning I desire love and caring for people over your sacrificial system. Don't you see? He even wanted them to see it. Anyway, Jesus is not far away. He's with you always. He doesn't go anywhere. The Old Covenant, and we've talked about this before, functioned, if you do this, I'll do this. This was God's kind of relationship with us. If you do this, I'll bless you. If you do this, mm -mm. (laughs) You do this, I do this. It's It's a back and forth thing. But the New Covenant is, he's done it all. He finished it. He did it. It's not fair. It, it's mind blowing. You remember the commercials? A little explosion? That's what it is. But here's what's interesting. The the old covenant and what a lot of people want to try to do, you remember when I brought Brian up here and, and pretended like he was dead and talked to him and tried to make him better? We want to we want to resurrect this old covenant that no longer exists. Let me help you. Don't go to a covenant that doesn't exist anymore. We don't have a choice between new covenant and old covenant. The old covenant's gone. Unfortunately, I've seen people continue to try to resurrect it every Sunday morning, and it's very sad. But here's why it's tempting, and it's tempting to us all. It's not just, I'm not just trying to blame other people. It's tempting to us all. Why is it tempting? Because it's instant gratification. We talked about this a few weeks ago, like millennials are, are you know, they're addicted to their phones, which is true. Well, not just millennials. We all have issues with that or, or other addictions and different things like that. But that's not a new problem. We've always wanted instant gratification. And what does that sound like if we try to go from the new covenant, which sometimes takes a little bit longer to fully understand and fully grasp how good God is, we want it right now. What does that sound like? It sounds just like sin, doesn't it? It does. Because we, we can create this machine that, that we need this church. We, I alluded to this a few weeks ago. We need a shot in the arm on Wednesdays, and we've got to get back Sundays, or we're just not going to make it. We need, we need the church and unfortunately, what I think I've, I've seen is the church get in between people and the Holy Spirit. And I don't think it's intentional. I think, I think it's the same way we, we shift and we want to see things right now. We, st- we still want that instant gratification, and we're not willing to wait patiently for it. 
we're not willing to, to, to fully commit. This is part of, and I keep going back to the, the ministry with the children's home. We don't want to commit to, we're going to continue to do this. This isn't going to be just a flash in the pan. We're not just going to do this one time and, and take a couple selfies and bail. You know, this is, just a, this is a product of who we are. We build relationships, and they're long-lasting, and, and they're real. And we fall apart. And we pray for one another, and we love one another. And instead of trying to bring people in here so that we can control them, we go out and we set people free. This is what the church should do. This should be a hospital. It should be a place where you don't have to put on a mask, trade a mask for another mask. You should be able to just take it all off and say, this is, this is it. And, uh, you know, a few weeks ago when I fell apart up here like a goofball, um, I was completely selfish of that. I wasn't trying to minister to you guys. I was just, we were having a hard time and I needed prayer. Um, and you guys, as always, just stepped up and it was incredible. But afterwards, all, you know, all these people came to me and even called me later about how it just ministered to them. Um, just seeing that I was vulnerable and that I, I don't have it all together all the time and it's not always perfect. That's good. I think that's good. People need to see that. People outside need to see that in you. They need to see you dealing with things. They need to see you struggling with some of the questions and answers. They need to see that because that's real. I was, uh, I keep bringing, sorry, Brian, I keep bringing you up. I was talking to Brian, we were having coffee a few weeks ago, and he was talking about in youth we would have some of the, some of the great times just asking the questions. And the questions challenge us because we, it really it really makes us think about why we do what we do, what we do, how we do it. And I think the problem with, and I, I, I hate to beat up the church. I sound like I'm beating up the church all the time. I think the problem, it's just because I grew up seeing a lot of this stuff from the outside and it kept me away from church and it breaks my heart. But they didn't answer the questions that I had. They only wanted to give me their answer to questions I wasn't even asking. <laughs> I was like, well, what about this? And they were like, you just need to do this. Okay, that doesn't, I'm talking about what, what about this that I'm dealing with or what about this that I struggle with or I don't understand this, but it, take, it took relationship and it took getting to know me and me getting to know someone else for us to deal with those issues, for me to say, okay, I don't like what you're saying because it goes against my lifestyle, but I'm curious about it. Let's talk about it. Let's deal with these issues. Let's, let's see. Let me see what your angle is. And I had the hard questions and we talked about them and we hashed them out. We dealt with them. This is important. This is, th- that's church growth. Not just filling seats up with people. Church growth is asking the hard questions and understanding them and dealing with them. And, and even in the worst of times and in the best of times. Um, I'm getting a text from Melissa Turner. Let me see what she has to say. I might add this into my sermon. If you're listening on podcast, Melissa Turner is an incredible part of our worship team. She has given me something here. <laughs> but she has a, a crazy phone that sends everything out of order. <laughs> uh, she's been listening to Todd White. One thing uh, that he said has gripped her, if, if you don't know the love of the Father, you'll work to earn it. But if you know the love of the Father, you'll live to display it. That's good. Knowing is an intimate term. That's really good. Knowing is an intimate term, and, and we've transliterated... Intimacy in our time is more sexual thing, but it's not. Intimacy is just really, I keep doing this, really knowing someone, knowing how good God is. It, it transforms you. It transfigures you. It metamorphosizes you. It is real. You can't, you don't fake that. Or when you do, 
you fall and you're devastated by it. And then you make empty promises that you can't keep. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> so the new, covenant says, the new covenant says I've done it all. And it's, it's counterintuitive to, uh, uh, to us because it's un, it seems unfair. It's, it's kingdom. It's God's kingdom, not ours. And so it seems a little off because we don't fully understand it. Um, grace is not cheap. It's free. <laughs> I hear people talk about cheap grace. Oh, cheap grace. The only thing it costs you is your pride and your ego. We're impatient. We don't want to wait. We want to try to help God out. How many of you have tried to do that? This is painfully evident with, with Abraham. You guys know the story of Abraham? Abraham, God promised Abraham he'd be the father of many nations. Uh, all he had to do was wait. They were, they were kind of old and weren't really capable of having babies. Babies? <laughs> weren't really capable of having babies? Um, and so, what did Abraham do? He said, I can take care of this myself. I got this. I can help God out. I'll speed up the process. Most of y'all know, show of hands, most of y'all know the story. I can go to it, but I don't want to read through the whole thing. Basically, Abraham um, sleeps with the, uh, their slave, their maidservant, uh, and has Ishmael. <laughs> Ishmael is not, causes all kinds of problems later on, but... Um, has Ishmael, not God's promise. He did it on his own. He tried to help God out. Later on, he ends up getting Sarah pregnant, and they have Isaac, right? He didn't want to wait. <laughs> he didn't want to wait for God's promise. He wanted to shortcut it. In the same way, we can, we can have an Ishmael. We can try to help God, and you can have it in nine months, <laughs> usually, or even sooner sometimes. We can try to shortcut that. We talked about that just a minute ago. We can try to fix these problems on our own, or we can fully rely on God. We can, we can kind of rely on God and kind of do our own thing, or we can fully rely on God. We either trust Him or we don't. We talk about faith. We talk about hope. We, we talk about those things as though they're future, and, though, and, and we, we use those for things that we want, specific things. We don't need to use those for specific things. We need to use them, period. We need to have faith and hope in Him. Not faith in home that this works, or my idea works, or my plan works, or I have faith that this will happen. Have faith, period. Have hope, period, in Him, in everything that you do. We, we talked about this a few weeks ago, too, that everything you do now is spiritual. <laughs> if you carry the Holy Spirit with you, everything you do. My daughter puking in a hotel room is revelation to me during <laughs> worship because everything I do and everything I see is wrapped up in Him, and everything I do and see, He's wrapped up with me. It does, there's, no, there's no end and beginning. It's kind of like eternal life. <laughs> it's inside me. It's crazy. It really is crazy to think about. So unfortunately, this is a, a hard truth as we have many people that have entered into a church culture that are products of the flesh, selfish ambition, and secular vision. They were not birthed by the promise of the Holy Spirit. They were forced in by the hand of fear. This was my evidence. This not evidence. This is my experience when I would go to church. Um, and, and we even pulled some of our kids out of some uh, some like VBSs several years ago because of this, that it was so fear-based um, that it really tripped us out. Like our kids started asking us some, some pretty crazy questions, and we're like, wait a minute, what are they teaching you? And it was such a, uh, such a, a, a man's version of manipulation 
that it was not Holy Spirit. And it breaks my heart that people do that. We have to bring people in by the Holy Spirit, not by our own plans or schemes or ideas. And as a church, we can't go backwards. As a church, we cannot serve a living God with dead works. We cannot serve a living God with dead works. So what are dead works to serve a living God? You're not enough. You don't read your Bible enough. You don't have prayer time enough. You don't, you don't speak in tongues enough. You don't fall out enough. You don't, you're not good enough. That's dead works. That's you doing on your own, your own, on your own, your own. I hear people talking about, uh, Trace and I were talking about this. We had some friends talking about prayer closet and Oh, their faces, I've just been in my prayer closet, I've been in my prayer closet. You need to tell them to get out of the closet, come out of the closet. <laughs> that didn't sound right. <laughs> come on out of the closet. <laughs> you, need <to> get my... <laughs> you need to tell them to get out of the closet. People need them. They're... Why are you spending all your time? I mean, it's good to get away and pray sometimes, but get out of the closet. <laughs> Why are you in the closet all the time? But it's this idea that I'm more holy because I, man, I'm in my closet every morning and I'm praying and I'm doing this and I'm declaring this over my life and I'm doing this and I'm doing this. I, 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 I. Come on. Then you mess up and you go, wow, I failed. Yeah, you did. You couldn't do it to begin with. Why are you putting all the pressure on yourself? Where's our source? We talked about in the beginning. I'm thinking cartoons, but I imagine a tree, a trunk. This is our source. We have to always go back to this. If there's anything that, that I could, I hope to ground this church on, it's Christ. I know that sounds pretty simplistic, but it's the source by which everything else comes from. If we ever get off and I ever start to think about, well, where are we going? What's our vision? What's our church doing? I always have to come back to that. Where, where is our source? Where do we get our power? Where do we get our love? Where do we get anything that we do from? And it's Christ. Always goes back to him. Always, always, always. Now, that's a, that's a very deep and complex thing, but it's simplified in, in Christ. It's the same way he, he summed up 613 laws in two. He's, he's magnificent, he's beautiful, he's great. He does all these great things and it's too much to fathom. And he goes, okay, chill out. <laughs> You're right, I'm awesome. I am, I'm great, I'm the best thing ever. But chill out, calm down. Man, I, and Paul says this too, I want you to speak in tongues. Man, I pray you all speak in tongues more than me. But listen, love, whew, love. You want a manifestation of the, the Holy Spirit in you? Love people, genuinely love them. Uh, Prophesy? Yes, prophesy. Use your gift. Prophesy. But love first. Love first. Don't hold that over people's heads that you have some great gift. You interpret dreams? Interpret dreams for the Lord. Do it. But don't hold that above love. Always love that Trump <laughs> trumps. Always. Always, always have that covering. That's the greatest manifestation of the Holy Spirit there is. Because I've seen, I've been around church people enough to see them begin to elevate their gifting above love. And, and, and at the destruction of, of relationships and at the destruction of trust. Don't ever let that, don't ever let your gifting, don't ever let your own ideas or your own plans get above love. Never, never, never do that. Um, woo. All right. I don't know how deep I can get into that. The flesh is always going to identify what you like. The devil's the accuser of the brethren. He's always going to say, you're not doing enough, you're not good enough. That's what he does, he accuses. It's, it's a pretty basic trait that he has, and he's always going to do that. 
But Jesus fills all things in every way. He doesn't ignore your lack. He doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't say, oh, you don't have anything. He sees it. He doesn't uh, highlight it and exemplify it. He just fills it. This is uh, evident in the story of the rich young ruler. In the story, Jesus doesn't speak to his lack, but he speaks to his fleshly excess. He speaks to, okay, if you, you want to inherit the kingdom of God, you need to do this, 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 this. And he's like, ah, I got it. I did all that stuff. I'm really cool. I'm really popular. I got lots of money. I do all this cool stuff. Me, 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 me. And God goes, okay, or Jesus goes, okay, okay, give up all that stuff and follow me. Let me fill you up. <laughs> you see the difference? He had it all together. So we, we kind of alluded to Ishmael and Isaac, and I didn't really go that deep into it, but, but at the, the end of Galatians, Paul talks about Ishmael always persecuting Isaac. Ishmael will always have an issue with Isaac because Isaac has something Ishmael doesn't. In the same way that people, there are people that will try to shortcut uh, Holy Spirit, will try to shortcut God, really, and work their way to something, and they'll always be frustrated with someone who has been freely given grace because that's a pretty frustrating thing. Really? That guy? He was on drugs last week. I do this, I do that, I do this, I do that. And this guy gets in? That's always going to frustrate Ishmael. The ones who get the shortcut are always going to be frustrated for the ones that, that are given something for free. The ones that try to do it on their own. Yes? The ones who accept. Accept. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But it it's obviously frustrating. <laughs> if you really think about it. So people that boast in the flesh and their own abilities will always be in conflict with those that boast in the Lord. They will always seek their own idea of justice. But here's the tricky part. God loves them too. <laughs> I know. That's as much it, it is. So now it's back on us. Now we're you know, now we're frustrated. But here's the thing, and I'll never forget this. It was on I think Father of Lights. It was the guys were going out to like interpret tattoos or something in California. Some really cool kooky ministry that they had and and they went out there and, and something wasn't going right and they didn't know what was going on and then these guys had these posts and they were just real, you know, you're going to hell and da 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 and, and so he got really frustrated, the guy that was out there, and they were there to love people and to, to, to pray for them. And he got really frustrated at these other guys. They were, like, killing their vibe. <laughs> he was like, ah, oh, you guys. But he, but he said the Holy Spirit spoke to him and made him realize that he was actually out there for, for those guys, for the picket guys. And the Lord broke his heart for them and said, whether you like it or not, they need me too. These are your brothers and sisters. Even these guys that you don't agree with the way that they're doing things, and so they went and prayed for them. That's tough. I mean, you really think about it. You, you have issue with someone, and, and you can see that they're sometimes or all the time misrepresenting a good God. But they need him too. They need the same grace that you got. They, they need the same love and the same understanding that you have. And that can be frustrating. And it takes humility. And it takes, uh, it takes knowing your source. <laughs> it takes going back to that. And this is demonstrated... Uh, when, and I said this earlier, when Jesus 
uh, tells the Pharisees to go learn what it means, I desire mercy over sacrifice. He knew they were steeped in the law. He knew that they would know where to go. And if they would have actually done it instead of continuing to do their own thing and try to build themselves up, that it just went back to what it actually said way back in the Torah. It said, I, basically, I desire love and, and, and caring for people over you know, helping the sick, helping the, the orphans and the widows. I desire these kind of things over your sacrificial system, over your religious duties. <laughs> duty, I said duty. Uh, Galatians, <laughs> Galatians 5.1 says, and I'll wait, I, I always go fast. Galatians 5.1, uh, I'm going to go all the way through 6. Galatians 5.1 through 6. It says, for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again. Now look at that word again. He's talking about the old covenant. Don't be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Mark my words, this is verse 2. I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourself be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the whole law. <laughs> you who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. Listen to the wording here. Been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace for through the Spirit. How? Through the Spirit, we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Amen. That's good. That's a good word. There is no backup plan. <laughs> That's what they were trying to do. He's speaking to the Jews here. They were trying to have a backup plan. We, we like this Jesus. We like this new covenant. But we still need to circumcise our kids. We still need to be... And that was a big part of the old covenant. We still need to cut them. We still need to, we need to cut them. See what he's doing here. Jesus made the sacrifice on the cross. He gave us circumcision of the heart. He cut us. He took away the flesh. These guys are trying to do it on their own. They're having a backup plan. We still need to do this. We, we, need, a, we need a backup plan. We need another way. So they were trying to do in the flesh what can only be done through the Spirit. It's the same thing we fall into. So Christ cut out the flesh in our hearts and replaced it with Himself. They're trying to cut the flesh of their own children in place. So is this is the question: Is the heart, is the circumcision of the heart, is the cutting of the heart that Christ gave us enough? It is. We don't need to help Him out. We don't need to try to do it on our own. To choose legalism is to reject the grace of God. It is abandoning, is abandoning the new covenant and trying to revive a dead covenant. And if you want to be frustrated, try that out. It's very frustrating. Like I said earlier, the church should be a spiritual hospital. This should be a place where you can fall apart, where you can cry, where you can celebrate, where you can laugh, um, where you can be comfortable, where you, can, you don't have to put on a mask. And we should be sharing this with other people. Galatians goes on to end with the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Um, and the question always comes up, how do I produce these things? Don't we all want to be more like the description of, of having the fruit of the Spirit? We all want to be. But the problem is, when we say that, we're asking the wrong question. How do I produce these things? He says in the beginning of the chapter, verse 5, For through the Spirit we eagerly await the faith, await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. This is not faith for your next idea or your even specific thing. It's absolute faith and dependence in Jesus all the time in everything. 
For through the Spirit, we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. This is hoping all the time in Him. This is having faith all the time in Him. Not for just for specific things, but in everything. I, uh, I prayed for Trace this morning because I felt like the Spirit was leading me to pray for her, and I don't pray for her all the time, and I should. Bad pastor, bad husband. But what I do sometimes is we send texts back and forth during the day, and I'll say, I hope you have a good day, or hope you have a good day. Well, I got convicted of that this morning. All convicted means is convinced. <laughs> so I got convinced that I need to be declaring over her some things, that I don't need to pray that she has a, a good day. I need to declare over her the righteousness of God. I need to declare over her the power that she has in the Holy Spirit to, to speak to people and to, to change people and to, to speak into their lives because I can't guarantee that her day all around her circumstances are going to be great and I shouldn't just be telling her to try to have a good day. In the same way, we've got to start declaring of ourselves the righteousness of God in us and that's what the Holy Spirit convicts us of. These are declarations. They're not, we're not pleading and begging with God. He's done something already. We just declare it. It's pretty simple. If I want to fight for anything, I'm not much of a jumper and screamer or fighter or anything, but if I want to fight for anything, it will not be doctrine or theology or any specific moral issue. I'll fight for, the, for only one thing, and that's the grace through faith in Jesus and the revelation of the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit. So don't be offended at the slow pace of change. Through the Spirit, eagerly wait by faith. We all definitely want the best for people and we want the best for ourselves and we want to do the right things and we want other people to do the right things. But if we, depend, if we depend solely on ourselves to be able to figure that stuff out, and I'll be the first to tell you, you will you'll find yourself back on your knees going back to your source. You will have frustrated yourself for several days trying to do something that only he can do until you find yourself back at his feet. And I'm speaking from experience. This has happened to me several times in the last few months where I've I've been on track and I've been right there with them and then I, I, start, to, I start to think I've got to figure this out because I'm a fixer. I like to fix things. So I want to fix these things. I've got to figure it out. I've got to figure it out, figure it out, figure it out. It's not working. Why isn't it working? Go back to my source. <laughs> Why am I trying to produce fruit outside of the, brand, outside of the trunk? And I'm just, I'm, I'm just being real with you. This is, this is what happens to me. I begin to get, just get distracted by things. I'm no less righteous. I'm no less a son. He hasn't lifted his hand or his blessings off of me. I just have chosen to look a different way for a minute. It's just ignorance is really all it is. All we do, and it's just, it's just that quick. We go right back to where we were. We're restored every time. Boom, every time, boom. Here's what I didn't learn back when I first got saved was I didn't need to hang out in that pit for a month. <laughs> I didn't need to, to literally want to punch myself in the face. <laughs> For three weeks or for two weeks and, and, and grovel my way back to a loving father. But instead, just like the prodigal son, we just, we just realize our mistake. And we go, why was I thinking that? And the father runs to us. Every time, every time, every time, every time. So I want to help you. If there's any advice that I can give you, advice that I can give you, Recognize that kind of stuff, and the, and the way you can recognize it is go, always going back to the source. Where am I getting this from? Am I praying about it? Am I letting the Holy Spirit lead? Am I listening? It's a, true, it's a problem for me. Am I listening? Am I trying to do this just by my own ability? Or is this Holy Spirit-led? Is, 
is this, is this what the Spirit's leading me to do or is this something I want to do and I'm trying to tack him onto it? So in doing so, be patient. It's, I've seen miracles happen like that and those are great, but we're not, we're not a machine and we're all different. And sometimes miracle hap- miracles happen like that and God uses that for that person. Sometimes miracles may take 10 years. It's God moving and, and having relationship with us. It's not machinery. This doesn't, the same thing that worked for you is not necessarily going to work for somebody else, and this is not going to work for somebody else because we're all different. Stand up with me. I'm going to pray for you. But I want to give you this, these statistics, and this is, this is something that, that I think will, will, you can take with you because I grew up without a father, an earthly father. Um, I didn't know, I didn't know for a long time that I had a heavenly father. And then even when I found out I had, I had a heavenly father, I didn't know how good he was. All I heard was that he's big and bad and scary, and I better get right <laughs> or get left. But here's an epidemic that that I'd like to see change in the physical but I want to encourage you that it's already changed in the spirit. And it's something that I, that I hold dear to me because I'm a father now. And I didn't have that earthly representation of a father. But I did have a heavenly representation, representation of a father. And it was awesome. And it is still awesome. And so when I say this, I don't say this to, for you to be discouraged. I say this because you have the answer. <laughs> and, and I think most of you know... Um, how good God is and how, how good a father he is. 63% of youth suicides are from fatherless homes, five times the, the national average, 63%. 90% of homeless and runaway children are from fatherless homes, 32 times the average. 85% of all children who show behavior disorders come from fatherless homes, 20 times the average. 80% of rapists with anger problems come from fatherless homes, 14 times the average. of all high school dropouts come from fatherless homes, nine times the average. 70% of youths in state-operated institutions come from fatherless homes, nine times the average. 85% of youths in prison come from fatherless homes, 20 times the average. 75% of adolescent patients in chemical abuse centers come from fatherless homes, 10 times the average. I tell you, without Christ, that was my future. And I can, I can almost guarantee it because that's the path that people in my family took. It's the path that people would say is, is a type of generational curse or something that I was supposed to follow. But it's a, it's a curse that Christ broke in my life. And it's a curse that Christ can break in your life. And it's a curse that Christ can break in other people's lives. Amen. Now, as much as you can, we're limited by our physical ability to father people all the time. But through the Spirit, you can introduce them to a Father that will change their lives and those statistics can change. Father, we love you right now and we see you. And we're sensitive to your Holy Spirit. And I pray that we would just have an increased revelation of that as we leave this place. That your heart... That we would recognize this, this circumcision of the heart. That we don't have a second plan. We don't have a backup plan. 
that we, we have, in essence, put all of our eggs in one basket. We've said, we give you everything. And in return, you've given us more than everything. You've given us eternal life that's, that's so good that we can share it with people. You've given us such good news that we don't have to be awkward and try to trick people into, <laughs> into doing it and coming to church. You've given us such good news we can just share it. And it's so attractive and it's so good that you just begin to manifest your nature in them. And in doing so, you, you continue to just explode in us and it's just an exciting, great thing. Lord, thank you for your revelation. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that leads us, that leads me. And thank you for your truth and your reality. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me tell you one more thing before you go. Um, I can remember, this just came to me when I was praying, I can remember going through kind of an, uh, a bit of an evangelism class or something of how to, we were trying to teach us how to go out and get people saved, basically. Um, and it was a bit of a tally thing. How many people can you get saved kind of deal? Um, we didn't even fully know what we were doing. We didn't even know, fully know what saved was at that time. Um, but we were, we were starting to, to figure out how this thing, and it was always awkward, and it never fit. And how do we connect with people? And how do we get to know them, this kind of thing? And it was always me-based. It was always us-based. It was always what could we do, and how can we figure this thing out? And there's this, there's this scale, and we need to get them closer to zero. And it's like, ah, it's too much. I don't know how to do all this stuff. And what I found, for freedom Christ has set us free, all we do is we go out of this place. We don't look in. We go out, and we... Give that freedom to other people. It's not hard. And what came to me, and this may be odd to you, but what came to me is a thermostat. I know it's weird. But there's a, a programmable thermostat. Some of you probably have heard me talk about it. But I should be a salesman for the company because they saved me money on my power bill. And it's, it's, it's like this, this thermostat that programs itself. Anyway. Um, but I've told so many people about it because it's really good news. It saves them money. And it wasn't hard for me to tell people, and lots of people bought it because of it. In the same way, when we go tell people about stuff, you don't have to worry about whether you can close the deal or make the sale. You just share the good news with them. You're familiar with what happened to you. You tell them your story. You have the word of your testimony. And you have the Holy Spirit with you. What more do you need? It's, it's not complicated. So I want to encourage you, don't, don't be intimidated uh, by, by your lack of your own abilities or anything. That's the accuser again saying your lack. But be encouraged by the Holy Spirit that's in you. He's more attractive than your schemes and your plans. It's much simpler than you think. Just build relationships with the people, love them, show them, and let the Holy Spirit do what only He can do. So that's it. That's all I got. I'll let y'all go. (laughs)